Hello, and welcome to Read Between the Tech, the podcast that explores how companies can have richer and strategic conversations about the future of their current technology. Whether you're a tech enthusiast, business leader, or simply interested in the impact of technology in a company's growth, this podcast will have something for you. So join us on this journey as we read between the tech and uncover the real stories behind your organization's technology and its future success. Let's listen in on this episode. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our latest episode. Thanks for joining. I'm excited to be here with Sean, and we're looking to have a great chat about AI. So Sean, why don't I turn you a quick intro on you, maybe a bit of a bio, something you're passionate about, and a bit about your background and history and how you got to where you are. Oh, wow. Where, where do I start? So I am the CEO of TreeFrog Inc. We are a digital transformation agency. We do all sorts of stuff around helping companies grow and helping build various applications and helping people do a lot of innovation and IoT and AI and things like that. I'm particularly passionate these days about Latin dancing, bachata. That's sort of my thing. I can't get enough of it, to be honest. Sort of four or five days a week dancing. It's, I, I bought a Peloton during COVID and I got to tell you, like, I don't, no disrespect to Peloton or anything, but it's really boring. And the last thing I want to do is stare at a screen anymore. And so getting into the Latin dancing scene has meant I just, I've had a lot of fun with it recently. So that didn't help me get to where I am, but that is something I'm passionate about. Helps. So I'm very familiar with West Coast Swing. That would be the dancing that my wife and I took for many years. How would this relate to that? Is it close or do you know difference between? Yeah, it, it, same sort of concept where it's partner dancing, different kind of music, but West Coast Swing tends to be a lot more energetic. Like you're, you're clearly an energetic fellow. I, I couldn't keep up with you. <laughs> be energetic and I try to keep up and. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, China's is a little bit more sensual. It's sort of like you're moving together slowly. So for old people like me, it's really helpful. <laughs> Probably not too far off in age, so. See, marketing, AI, dance, I know you love music. What, what got you into AI? What sparked the interest in AI as a, as a subject? And it's, it is all over the place now, but what was your first inkling of this is going to be something different and what made you dive in off the deep end? Well, so I tend to be a uh, squirrel where I'm always looking for the latest technologies and we, TreeFark runs an accelerator where we have about 200 businesses a year go through a six week compressed course. We're now specifically targeting international companies to try and find cool, scalable tech companies and drag them to Canada, kicking and screaming, not kicking and screaming there. You know, obviously we're helping them you know, do a lot of things, learn how to market, learn how to grow their business, et cetera, and, and help them land in Canada safely. As a result, I was always kind of at that edge looking for cool technologies. When I saw ChatGPT, as anyone did when they first saw it, you're, you're sort of agog. You do, your mouth just drops and you go, oh my goodness. And I was actually in a, a, I was asked by a CEO group, hey, you know, because I was like, guys, you have to go check this out. That was in, I think, December. And my team is already sending me all sorts of texts like, we got to get on this. We got to do stuff ever from all those sorts of people. I said, okay, okay. Then I found out that, you know, a number of my speeches, a number of things that I was doing were being written by ChatGPT. I went, okay, we got to understand this technology. And then once I started digging in, I went, okay, this, this is, this is civilization changing. This isn't cool and neat and interesting. This is, this is the biggest thing since fire, in my opinion. So, so that kind of leads to the impact. If it's as big as fire, any parts of light, yeah, I won't impact. Maybe start it there. 
pivot and well, change it a little bit. I don't know. I think it could potentially change everything. I mean, at some degree, you know, the way the internet has changed everything or the way electricity has changed everything, I can say in our lifetimes, electricity might fit before that, but where, you know, we, we rely on it. It's completely changed the way we, we interact with everything. I mean, I had to clean my toilet this morning, you know, cause you know, like, so the, the fact is it probably won't clean a toilet for the next 20 years, but in the future, probably where robotics goes is it uses AI and to catch up very quickly. I mean, you're never going to be able to train a robot to clean a toilet, but you could train a, ro a robot can figure out for itself how to clean a toilet using AI. So is there anything that it won't change? No, but good question. Funny, I follow a lot of Kickstarter and that's one of my ways of learning and sharing back and experimenting. So I actually, again, my wife is very tolerant. I bought an IOT toilet cleaner. <laughs> Love it. It was, it was IOT enabled, digital. It had a very specific set of fluids and it was all non-chemical based cleaning. It counted flush, it counted it with everything. But so IOT enabled toilet cleaning, it real. That company has since gone out of business. But it was, it was really interesting Kickstarter. It took them about 18 months to get off. They delivered all their first and second round of devices. It works. It sits in there and it does its thing. And it, whenever I run out of refills, I'll be, I'll have to figure out the formula or I'll experiment with it. But yeah, AI probably has the ability to change everything, including cleaning your toilets. But isn't that dangerous? I mean, we're going to get into this a bit maybe, which is the dangers of AI. And do you really want AI on your toilet seat, like, you know, that's really close to your, to home. Well, well, so it probably depends on how you look at it. Is it from a health perspective? Can you sense certain things in, in healthcare? Can you early detect things? So I, don't, I actually think medical AI is really going to change longevity. It's going to change how we age. Aging is changing. When you look at the research coming out of Harvard, a bunch of research in the U.S. on anti-aging. So if I, if we think about this, just again, very basic counts flushes, counts time between cleaning, that's it. It's not much more than that. It's a very rudimentary. Yeah. No, that's being able to detect COVID in sewage. So if you can now detect early cancer in sewage, how does that change everything? How does that change your detection response time? So I might be okay with that depending on how it's used and where it's used. A few years ago, I'm sure you heard about this, which was officially trained to recognize pastries in a Japanese pastry shop. And someone realized they could use the same AI tool to predict cancerous cells. So, you know, if you're looking for pastries, take the same pastry recognition system and looking in a toilet, it's, it wouldn't, you wouldn't believe what potential opportunities there are to recognize sicknesses. Again, the fear in my part is, is that someone would hack that toilet. And, you know, every time you go to sit down, it plays a Canadian anthem and you'd have to stand back up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With all tech, you have the good intent and then you have the, how is it distorted and how is it misused? Again, hard drive encryption was built to protect people's data. It's been misused for ransomware for years now. Right. So every yeah. good piece of technology has a flip side of the coin, but so. AI will impact, let's say over time has the possibility of impact everywhere. What are the maybe two or three big impacts like now in the next 18 months that everyone should be thinking about or putting some brain cells or money towards as they 
grow their businesses or live their lives at home. Yeah, you know, obviously there's lots of talk in the news with the fear of AI and all those other things. I've been going around the country for the last six months talking to groups of CEOs, business owners, et cetera, and talking about putting a model in place as to how do we approach this. And the model is not a complex model. The, the model sort of stems out of this concept. If you're one step ahead of everybody, you're a leader. If you're two steps ahead of everybody, you're a visionary. If you're three steps ahead of everybody, you're a whack job. I mean, a, a disruptor. So the, in the one step ahead of everybody, the immediate opportunity is efficiency. There's so many opportunities for efficiency. Just the most simplistic efficiency is like rewriting an email or writing things or, you know, making better proposals or take, taking your HR stuff and finding all the gaps or reading a contract through for you so you don't have to or summarizing stuff for you so you can read it. I mean, so many micro-efficiencies, everyone suddenly now has a brilliant intern working for them and they should be using that person to the most effect they can. Now, they need to use it safely, which is why you'd go to your company, for example, and either learn how to use it safely so you're not putting the wrong stuff in the wrong hole and having a problem. But I said, that's the, the shortest term opportunity. The midterm opportunity, is the way it's going to revolutionize business, the way it's currently done. This is, like I say, the visionary way. And this is where every business has an opportunity to rethink. I and mean, this is where the toilet seat example comes in. It's so funny, but it's true. Is what could we do to radically change the way we use a toilet? It's been the same thing for 200 years. You know, toilet industry, let's change the way the toilet industry goes. Let's add a whole bunch of functionality or opportunities, change the way we sell it, change the way we interact with customers, et cetera. That's going to have an effect, I think, on, you know, they say 300 million people are going to lose their jobs in the next six months. It, anyone that's just randomly firing people because they're like, AI will use, do this for us is not thinking deeply enough. Everyone has an opportunity to, like, the internet didn't cause a whole bunch of jobs to go away. It, you know, 60% of Canadians were farmers 100 years ago. 0.6% are farmers now. There's not less people now. There's way more people, just that we're living in cities and doing different things. So what we need to do is figure out how we're going to use AI appropriately to, in our businesses now to go do meaningful stuff. And, I, and now the third derivative, which is the, you know, the whack job thinking is where we're like, maybe, I don't know what that is, but not every industry will exist the way it exists now in a year, let alone five years, let alone 10. And to have at least be thinking, not, not put our head in the sand, but be thinking about What's going to happen to the industry? And should we start pivoting, like long-term pivoting now? And, you know, at least have a strategic plan. That, that's really key, I think. And is that, so your, your core business, or maybe TreeFog version one or version two, was it marketing and marketing automation? How is, and you kind of shifted into digital transformation and AI, is that shift because you saw a disruption in the industry and maybe that's a good example of an industry that is being disrupted or how, how has core marketing or marketing automation changed in the last 24 months? Yeah. I mean, radically everything in, across the TreeFrog's mission vision is to a help companies grow. And if you're a company right now and you're not leveraging AI to some degree, then you're not growing up the opportunity that you have and your competitor is going to eat you alive. So. And that applies to all marketing. I mean, every aspect of it, I mean, from marketing, content-based marketing, which is obviously upside down, search engine optimizations, obviously upside down, websites. You can now build a website in 15 minutes, you know, not a great website, but, you know, rewriting all the content properly on your website to the people that you're trying to attract, all of that stuff. I think it's a 
straightforward should just be done already. So the growth side of it, it's turning marketing companies upside down right now. And any company that's working with a marketing company that hasn't already implemented AI across it isn't moving fast enough. On the, on the efficiency side, which is the build side, which is there's all sorts of opportunities within organizations right now to build stuff. And a digital transformation is just really an umbrella to sort of say, hey, yeah, I used a computer. It's digital transformation. No. Digital transformation is how could we use technology, software? How could we build you something that could take you somewhere? And then, you know, what piece of software could we use or a special sauce could we add? I love this example. The refrigerator was invented and the guy who invented the refrigerator, hypothetically, I've not looked this up on Wikipedia, by the way, died poor. But the person who invented Coke, which used refrigeration, in my opinion, has done fairly well for themselves. Uh, so the question is, who is going to use these, these models, which are the GPT models and generative models, and in a potentially multimodal way, which is I'm going to use text to create a video or video to create, you know, to whatever that is. How could we add special sauce in our industry to make a better mousetrap? Uh, uh, you know, an example I love to use is we as a marketing company used to spend a lot of time coming up with cool names. I have named everything. I've named IoT products down to streets where people come in and go, look, I need you to, to come up with the name of 70 streets that don't exist. You know, that, that's actually harder than you think, right? And you sit down and you spend all these days coming up with all these names and themes and all this stuff. The fact is ChatGPT can do that work in minutes. What it can't do yet, this is the special sauce where everyone's now coming up with new things using these, these engines, is trademark it is check against other trademarks, is check against the appropriateness of the culture use of it, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And those things, you know, every day you see five or six really cool ideas come out are people using the refrigeration to come out with different Cokes. So you're kind of leading now into the, the public consumer AI, which would be chat GPT versus let's say Google Bard, Azure AI. Microsoft Copilot, when you look at the closed worlds, are you describing the secret sauce as what people will add onto the engines and the engine sucks in all the generator stuff from the giant worldwide and you got your, your own air intake or your own special gas that you put into the engine. Is that where you think it's going? And that's how business will start to add value, create new jobs is that we all need to find our own secret sauce and then pump it into our private AI engine. You got it. You know, as you know, and actually you were the person that, that enlightened me on this, Microsoft is a changed company. I mean, they are rocking it right now. They're crushing it right now. And, you know, I'm saying this from a Mac. I, I can't help it. So the, the reality is I live in the Mac world and I'm an Apple fanboy, but Microsoft's crushing it right now. They, they're just doing a great job of pulling everything together in a meaningful way and staying ahead of everybody. But the fact is they're not going to go create the next killer app. And I would say the next killer app concept was build an app for the iPhone or for Android, you know, make a cool app that does something cool. And that's going to be your explosive growth. I would have said 10 years before, build a cool website that does something. And I would have said 10 years before that, write a hit song. You know, there, there's sort of, <laughs> there are these, you know, times in civilization where we have these opportunities to use the institutional knowledge of our business that has, that has special competitive ability and use the engine that exists to do something novel. And Microsoft's not going to do that. I mean, Microsoft's going to, you know, wrap everything up in a bow and 
help your organization do intelligent things and give you the ability to plug these extra apps, these extra concepts, these extra special sauces in. Now, and every industry, like just like every industry had the opportunity to go build an app and some of them built amazing apps. And it's not necessarily what your business does. It's the opportunity to use the knowledge of your business to do something that people hadn't done before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that there's the opportunity, I'm going to say in business, in digital transformation, in the way I look at it, you know, which is let's look at the way we could use the way your company works and do, do something magical with that knowledge that's beyond just, you know, writing our proposals faster. So, so take your competitive advantage that you, your unique selling proposition, competitive advantage in the marketplace, understand how that could be compatible or work beside, inside, attached to some form of generative AI, use that in a closed world. So not necessarily chat GPT, which is open and learning and learning from everything, but in a Google Bard or a, an Azure AI world where you control the learnings and you own the learnings, that's how you're going to build your disruptive business 4.0 or business 3.0. Is that a good summary of that? Yeah, you nailed it. I, so if I was to look backwards through history, I got to tell you, this sort of a, we're live discussing this as it's sort of an obvious idea now, but I've, I've never actually articulated it this way. If you were to go back 200 years, the first people to start using electricity started to seek competitive advantage. The first people who mechanized their, their systems, you know, industrialized their systems, started to seek competitive advantage. The first people who started to use the internet sought competitive advantage. The first people who started using, you know, social media, you know, in some cases, not all businesses, but in many cases, started to seek competitive advantage. And now we have this, this is way bigger than social media. Let's be clear. This is way bigger than social media. This is an opportunity to refactor civilization, not just, not just improve it. Um, yeah. And this is an opportunity to do that with, with the engine. And I see that as being digital transformation beyond just, I'm going to say the, the good work that you do, making sure people will be able to use this technology within their office environment to do the obvious stuff. You know, yeah. in the old days where we, you know, we, we, the fact of, I remember when grammar checking and spell checking came out with Microsoft, it was mind blowing, right? Like yeah. I could write an essay suddenly, desktop publishing was mind blowing. Now the idea that I probably, I don't just type a word and it suggests how to spell words like entrepreneur. Like I can't spell entrepreneur. I start typing that and wait for Microsoft to fill it out for me. Right now the same way I start my idea and it's going to suggest different directions that my idea could go. It's going to change the way humans think. And if we leverage that tech against the industry knowledge that we have, we're going to see massive, massive opportunities. The world's just going to not, not, not just change but radically evolve in a fast way, in a, in a very beautiful way, incidentally. It's not a scary speed. way. Yeah, speed is going to be important. There will be scary sides of it, but speed will be important. I, I love all your learning, all your sharing. Thank you, Sean. I kind of finish it with two questions for everyone. Are you a book, audiobook, or podcast person? And pick one of those, and what's your favorite one of that to recommend to the audience? My, my favorite book... That's an interesting one. You know, I wasn't thinking about this. I just, if you've read the code of the extraordinary mind, I reread that in the last week. And I got to say, that is a seminal read. The code of the extraordinary mind and all the books that it recommends. I would go read that again every year for the rest of my life. I will add that to my list. And then where can people find you? How do they find you? 
You know what? Find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Stevens, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. You can email me, Sean, at treefrog.ca or treefrog.ca is the obvious place. If you're interested in the accelerator side or hackathons and things like that, then you go to treefrog.biz. That's our accelerator side. But uh, I've got green hair. You can't see that in the audio version of this. I'm hard to miss walking down the street. So uh, if you see a guy with green hair, it's probably me. All right. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Appreciate all your insights and looking forward to the next episode. Have a Amazing. Eric, thank you. And that's all the time we've got for today's episode of Read Between the Tech. We hope you enjoyed listening and learned something new about how technology can help shape the success of your organization. Don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter and get insightful IT resources, tips, insights, exclusive Microsoft offers, and much more right to your inbox. Visit www.proshivit.com slash newsletter dash sign dash up to join the ProServeIT community. Follow us on LinkedIn and Substack to stay up to date with our podcasts and visit our website at www.proservit.com for more information about how to unlock your company's digital future. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So feel free to leave us a comment or contact us on LinkedIn at ProServeIT with your feedback and ideas for future episodes. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on Read Between the Tech.